<laughs> Welcome to Reflections from the Red Room. Tonight we're going to be. Why do I always want to say tonight? I'm not real sure. It's in the evening. Why do I? Why do I say that, Guillermo? Um. Well, it is past six, so technically, okay. yeah. And it's got to be night somewhere. Um. <laughs> and we're in this like closed-in red room. Yes. Okay. So. One always had the feeling that it was night in the red room. Anyhow, I like that. I I, I would agree. I feel like it is. So, uh, reflections from the red room. We're actually for the first time going to have a really um, at least focused topic, if not a focused conversation uh, tonight about the return episodes one through four. Our reflections on one through four, the Twin Peaks premiere evening we had. Um, our feelings about it. We'll see where it goes. Um, right off the bat, I got to tell you, I was thrilled to pieces. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't know what else to say. Um, I mean, I'm sure part of that was just youthful exuberance uh, in the old man that I am. But I, I was thrilled to pieces. So um, we started off the evening uh, with some fire walk with me. Uh, I don't you guys kind of came in on the tail end of that, right? We did. We came in maybe like 15, 18 minutes till uh, showtime. Yeah. Um, but we were pleased as punch to see that you'd laid out the donuts, had the <laughs> coffee brewed, um, had matching play settings with the uh, the lodge pattern on them. Yeah, it was uh, really fabulous. And I want to thank you again for the uh, pop vinyl Laura Palmer figure. Of course. Mm. I, I, <laughs> I, I kind of agonized over which one to get for a long time. Um, and I was talking to Natalie about which, which one I should get. And then she finally said, well, you're getting it for Guillermo, right? I was like, yeah. She said, wrapped in plastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she said, you got to go that way. Um, so uh, what were your initial feelings? Like what, when, when, the, when the credits rolled, when the final episode, the fourth episode shut, closed down, we were done for the evening, what was your initial thought? Um, I was so glad to be back in the world, yet not back in the world. I think one of the major deviations of um, the return is the uh, the Dakota um, and the city settings. That's a Lillard stuff was in Dakota, right? Where uh, Matthew Lillard's character was yes was uh, up for the murder. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, on the one hand, um, it was same. But on the other hand, it was different. Wow, that sounds pedantic. Um, <laughs> but if you've watched it out there, you totally know what we mean. Because you're like, whoa, there's a cityscape. This isn't, you know, a helicopter over trees or nowadays a drone over trees. Uh -huh. um, you know, so you were suddenly surprised. And I think what what we've been dealing with is that we have a, um, a lynch that's been making movies mm -hmm. for the intervening decades. And... Uh, decades of, decades yeah. man that's how far we've been away that's how mm -hmm. long we've been away um and that's what we're being presented with because i mean he lives in the big city you know he works and plays there he's not out in the pacific northwest in nowhere you yeah. know um, so you think that's what that reflects you think that reflects his personal um environments i i think that has a lot to do with it yeah and mm -hmm. i think that's partly why um original Twin Peaks is so winning because I think you have this kind of 1950s Americana sensibility um, you know with these these larger than than life quirky characters um, and in the interim between the child Lynch that brought all that to the table and um, 
had this playground of charm going on with all of that that totally won us in the first go around. Now you have um, this much older Lynch who's made urban movies like Mulholland Drive and yeah. who has these different settings in the interim. Um, and he's, he's playing with that. And I think he's integrating everything because now he has a larger life palette to work with. Oh, well, that's got that's got to be a big part of it with any any artist. Like the more life experience, it's got to be reflected. I absolutely I yeah. see that. Yeah. I mean, if you do a survey yeah. of anybody's work, you, yeah. you see those influences brought. That over time and life experience, that's going to be reflected. That's what art is. So I'm not surprised there either. Um, right off the bat, the first two episodes, maybe I was immediately struck with the technology change because we're not talking about film anymore and it's digital and the digital capture i mean i guess to be fair i don't have the facts to back that up but i'm fairly certain that's all shot digitally um i don't know but it sure looks it and it sounded like it and i was trying to talk to you a little bit about that like in between dialogue there was a lot of air and yeah. uh yeah i a sense of ambience yeah they're like an unfiltered and i and i think i mentioned to you that i think it's being done in order to present um, a sense of space, mm -hmm. actually, how those rooms reflect, like the loft room. That's a yeah. huge room with a big ceiling, and you've yeah. got a lot of kind of like um, free electronic hum yeah. with that uh, particular set. Yes. The, the space also is kind of seen in, again, we're talking about rather than just one small town, something that spans the continent at this point. Who knows? It may be even further. Like, I, but. I was I was uh, a little concerned I was, at first. I was like, "Well, let's see where where it goes." But I, I think it's very intentional. The cold, digital photography and audio is very much on point with today and and really what he would have done if it were available then. You know, I think that it's all reflective of what's happening now and what we have now, the technology and the culture in we which we live. So, uh, I I. I warmed up to it quickly when at first I was afraid because I was expecting having just kind of like marathoned through a bunch of episodes. I was like expecting a certain uh, color palette or visual stylings and it immediately was not that. Um, but I, I very quickly settled in and was happy and thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so what else? I mean, that was your initial like when you were finished, how you felt. You're glad to be back. Yeah. You know, the you know, the the Star Wars theme title popping sure crawl <laughs> it, it's like that mm -hmm. but with an underlying unease and fear that oh, you crave yeah you know the the hidden the hidden secret beneath the trees <laughs> um and that slowly kind of getting unveiled yes um and that's that's the emotional spot where that came from completely yeah um you know, it's very hard to, to talk about these things because I have like a million thoughts racing through my head and, and spin off like thoughts. Um, you were saying the the opening crawl to Star Wars. Oh, okay. The opening music and the change in the visuals, but that same familiar opening theme. I'm so glad they stick, stuck with that because you immediately, that, that comfort, that familiarity, and then off we go into these new characters, new places. I think when I, I texted you later that night, because immediately following, it was hard to not want to still talk about it. Oh, yeah. Um, the uh, 
the fact that there were a lot of familiar visuals while he was not afraid to do new stuff. What is with the crazy room that's the inside of the outlet that's a vehicle traveling through space? What is that? It's awesome. That was a gorgeous <laughs> shot with Ronette in there. And it's like there was a fireplace. I haven't watched it again. And as neither of you, is what no, you said? No, I, I haven't. Um, but that, those visuals, those were just as striking and I think will become just as iconic, maybe. I mean, and, and, you know, as, as the Red Room originally was. When I saw that, I was like, ah, yes. Well, I mean, New, we've always, but familiar. We've always had the implication that the Red Room is also a place of waiting. Mm -hmm. The waiting um, room, yeah. Right. And to have other rooms within the lodge, like maybe the Red Room is just uh, a, a trans. A, a tr a transitive foyer uh -huh. of a larger structure. I mean, we don't know this, mm -hmm. but given the fact that we have um, fallen with Dale into mm -hmm. another space and the room with a fireplace, I thought was really, really awesome. Yeah. yeah. What What do you think is with the 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 outlet? I mean, the, the, you know what's funny is that the the uh, electricity that's in Fire Walk with me that um, when they're visiting with the Tremonts. And uh, uh, there's just like these cutaways and things. There's definitely that theme again of electricity. And then there we are inside of an outlet, essentially, and Dale coming out of the outlet into the real world again. That fascination with electricity, um, that and fire, these what are these themes? Where are they going? What's happening next? I'm sorry. I'm so, <laughs> there's just so much. I get, and and I, I, uh, I don't mean to be so vague, but I'm just, I just want to throw it all on the table and kind of sort through it, kind of like crawl my way through it. But um, I, I think it's what everybody's trying to do oh, I'm excited. with it at this point. And that's, that's part of the fun. All right. And the fascination. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I could, you know, quite easily say that consciousness is a set of electrical impulses. Mm. If we, um, can figure it and we talk about the singularity um, about being able to electronically imprint ourselves into another device be mm -hmm. that an Android or a hard drive um, or a, a web construct um, if we if we really want to like lose our physicality the idea of Dale um, transferring his soul uh, and self through an electrical outlet from one world to another isn't so far off from those concepts. And there we go again, taking it right back to kind of reflecting the times in which we live. Because yeah, that was not, that, that, that wasn't as present in the original run. And I don't want to compare it to the original, like the original series or anything too often, because while this is um, a season three and it's a continuation, I, I really am starting to feel that this is going to be almost a completely new beast. Um, I think we talked a little bit uh, previously about do you think that this Twin Peaks will be um, do you think this is what he would have done back then had he been on a, a cable network rather than broadcast television or do you think those intervening decades have have emboldened him or like those experiences um, have changed considerably what, what product we're going to see I mean what do you think? I believe the latter. Yeah. I believe that um, the phrase I use, the playground of charm, mm -hmm. I think that's something that is so very present in um, the first show, the first two seasons. Um, and that now that he is kind of off of the leash, that he is now on Showtime, mm -hmm. that he has um, more leeway 
to do um, things that are darker, which so far it is significantly darker. I feel oh, yeah. that the the tonality of it um, has changed drastically. I mean, if you look at um, the weird, unsettling, uncanny moments of, of Lost Highway and of Mulholland Drive, um, you know, or the the sort of the long stretched out uneasiness of Inland Empire, he I think is is bringing um, those artistic notes to the new show, and we have um, a little less of the kind of almost sitcom goofiness, and I I don't mean that in an insulting way. Uh, that's kind of reductivist <laughs> for me to say, but um, those those kind of more comedic. Uh, notes that were happening in the first show um and um yeah it's it is different um so do you think he was uh restrained well part of me wonders if it's a narrative choice i think mm -hmm. we ended at a super dark place yeah we did um cliffhanger crazy wise mm -hmm. um when we last tuned into twin Peaks, <laughs> and now um we are we're still in that dark place. I mean, you have a character who's trying to rebirth himself from the other place. Um, you have his doppelganger running around, essentially running a, an international crime empire of some sort. Um, and uh, what I'm thinking is that as the show progresses and when we finally do get back in the forest town, when we do see those Twin Peaks on the horizon, that um, the quirk and the playground of charm is going to reemerge when we're sitting at the double R diner <laughs> and so and so brings us our coffee and yeah. pie and someone's gonna say, Yeah, that's damn good coffee. <laughs> you know, or one of one of these things, those things you're familiar with, the things you that you fell in love with. That's the kind of girl that makes you wish you spoke a little French. Yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. I'm I'm waiting for the for that reunion. Yeah. I love time. I love all of it, uh, the dark and the, the quirky and um, I don't want to go too much into some of the things that I've I've actually seen like um, like impressions I've 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 bumped into I've I've tried to stay clear of it as much as I could, um, but I, you know I have I saw a few critiques that were like well it's not this it's not that it's not what it was I'm I'm really not concerned with whether or not it's what it was so much as where we're gonna go um, I can't I can't emphasize enough that I'm actually a little bit pleased that it's kind of hard to digest initially because I think it'll weed out people like early on I can see that there'll be a lot of people who will watch it and be like uh what and that's okay like visuals are there and um I wonder sometimes whether or not some of those visuals don't come to him first and then he weaves the story kind of around that like he has a very visual uh style and I wonder if maybe some of that stuff hits first and then he's like well let's work work that in not that the plot isn't thought out but that sometimes it's more about these images and how they they make you feel, how how it fits in your mind. But I don't know. My understanding of Lynch's creative process is that he's a heavy meditator. That uh -huh. he, um, I think his book is called something like Reeling in the Big Fish. Uh -huh. um, so that I think that he meditates, and from that stillness, he draws these images that uh -huh. are um, haunting and strange and um, sub subliminal to overt um, that you're you're just gonna remember I mean 
you know, look at the little man from another place dancing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! And you you brought up some of the other the other films, and I I again I, I really should take notes and maybe outline these conversations more because I try and get everywhere at once, and I'm not good at that, and it's terrible. But like, this is definitely a cinematic Lynch brought to television. Yes. Um, I like I said we were watching Firewalk, I mean right before we popped in or turned on the the new season, and. This series so far has way more in common with Fire Walk With Me than it does with the original Twin Peaks series. Sure. And I have no problem with that. There's some quirky weirdness going on. And I don't even the, the the strange characters in the corner when we first kind of bump into uh, Bob Cooper or evil doppelganger Cooper. Like you're talking about the evil crime syndicate that whatever is going on. You know what's great is I have no expectation of being told what happened in the intervening years. And I'm happy with that. I, if they do tell me, that's fine. But I have no need to know because my mind is creating all kinds of scenarios of what could have happened in those intervening years. Terrible things. Terrible things. <laughs> but um, it's it's very much uh, Mulholland and Lost Highway and Fire Walk With Me brought to the small screen, I feel. And I'm, I can't wait to see what's next. Um, I think we'll see more of this waking up in someone else's body it was very lost highway with uh dougie and, <laughs> and, and again coop appearing in dougie's body like he's definitely got a thing for this doppelganger uh, uh alternate personality in the same body kind of thing what's going on there i mean what who created the dougie why is dougie there where dougie come from why do we have so many coops in the world what is that well, the doppelganger, from my understanding, the doppelganger creates Dougie uh -huh. so that he doesn't have to go back to the Red Room at the appointed time. Okay. So Dougie ends up taking his place. But Dougie is a falsity. Dougie is a magical uh, construct consciousness. He's an ersatz Cooper. He's okay. A, so um, he is enough Cooper uh, or enough doppelganger at any rate um, or to take his place. And to get there, and then to, to to get where, but why? But aren't isn't the thing that there's kind of like a balance trying to be maintained, right? You know, one of your guests was talking about the idea of balance, and I don't necessarily agree with that. I okay. believe that a lot of what goes on in Twin Peaks um, has to do with the unnatural and with things the that have rose. swung out of balance. Oh. Um, so I I don't believe that that the 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 Lynch verse of Twin Peaks mm -hmm. is a self writing um, construct. I like that so much more. The <laughs> <laughs> way you put that just now, it's not a self writing construct. Yes. And that that reflects the real world. Sure. I mean, people talk about well, there's justice, there's karma. Um, you know, <laughs> so and so is going to get there, and no. <laughs> No, they're not the unhappy. Oh, the unhappy, no, and, and, no. and this is why, uh, you know, we are so charmed uh, by the the post, you know, depression, um, happy ending, mm -hmm. because we want it all to come out right at the end. We want at the end of thirty minutes to so and so to get the pony, to find the man, to you know win the car, um, and it doesn't happen that way. That's funny because I struggle. Like I have that natural tendency. I don't know. I guess you, at this point, you're saying it's not natural. It's just the, the the way we've been kind of programmed and raised. I I want those happy endings, but a good portion of me really does kind of relish in 
the cliffhanger or in the not the happy ending because that does kind of reflect how it could go like life is like that you never know it could end good it could end bad someone's got it worse than me someone's got it better um which i just have to throw in this anecdote speaking of the cliffhangers and the bad when coop at the end of the first series uh we don't know bob is now essentially in coop or is this the doppelganger now it's the doppelganger, doppelganger right yeah. he's made his way out and coop is in the lodge <clears throat> because at the time I, I wasn't on the internet I didn't have anyone to really reflect on this I hadn't seen it in the original run I had borrowed or rented the tapes from Blockbuster I raced all over town trying to find the next tape <laughs> <laughs> I was like this really can't be it and as it dawned on me that that was indeed it I actually was, was happier with that because I was like oh wow that's now I, th that sense of leaving them wanting more is, is kind of one of those oldest rules of showbiz, I guess. But I don't know. I, I don't know if there was ever a plan to do this originally or not. But I don't. I really don't think there was. I think that this is we're lucky to have this. It just happened. Yeah, I mean, if we if we go back into the history of storytelling, we talk about the Greek tragedy. Mm -hmm. That doesn't end well, man. You, you <laughs> sleep with your mom. You poke your eyes out. It's not good. No, you know, Siegfried. You're the, you're the perfect man. You're a descendant of Odin, but you marry the wrong family and your brother-in-laws kill you in a forest. <laughs> it's not good. And you know yeah. and, and that's kind of the thing with Dale. Dale is the righteous man. He mm -hmm. is the the spirit of the 1950s. He does the right thing. He doesn't sleep with Audrey. Mm -hmm. You know, he enjoys the the fruits of American civilization, the pie, mm -hmm. the coffee, these symbols. Uh, you know, these comforts. Good steady that, water pressure. Yes. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, and, and but um, like those early ancient stories, it you know, at the end of season two, yeah. it's not him. He's yeah. trapped. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know. Sad cakes. Sad. With but a side it. of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> So um, if we had like a nice synopsis of each one, because since we watched them all, we kind of marathoned them all in one shot, one go, those one through four. Um, it's going to be hard for me to separate um, from one to another, which ones were which. Um, what were some of the other like uh, immediately uh, impactful ideas presented or what do you think uh, was most what what is it you think hit you the most in those four episodes? I liked the idea of the billionaire watching the portal. Uh -huh. Whoever this is, he knows something. And that twat at the desk who handed out the wad of cash, <laughs> um, you know, like this guy's got resources. So I'm curious as to whether he's another Dungpa or would-be sorcerer like Wyndham Earl was. Perhaps he has connections with that. Um the idea that Philip is still communicating. I really love the, the Philip. Is interesting. Yeah. Right. But I mean, we no longer have David Bowie to play Philip Jeffries. Uh -huh. And I'm not saying that there aren't David Bowie impersonators out there are probably very talented. I mean, we've got one coming to Tucson <laughs> this uh, month, I believe, um, which both kind of uh, saddens and, and kind right. of comforts me at, at the same time. Um, but, um, yeah, so I don't know whether we're ever going to see that particular character. I mean, he he essentially signed off 
uh, with Dale on the show. So who knows what what he's up to now? I mean, he, you know, and and like Twin Peaks, there were all sorts of other branching um, things that weren't necessarily red herrings, but they led you off in another direction that really kind of didn't have um, anything central to do with a through line of who killed Laura Palmer. Um, well, when you say that, like, for example, would you say like the, the fact that the, the majors, uh, dish arrays were pointed at deep space, like for a moment, you're like, Oh, is this, this going to be aliens? Is this what it is? But that the transmissions originated from the forest, the, uh, when Major Briggs delivers to Cooper the message, the owls are not what they seem, which is, of course, the the giant's prophecy coming to fruition, whatever. Um, and then he also says that in the message, in the, the space garbledygook, there's also Cooper, Cooper, Cooper. Um, I, I felt was misled for a second, and then they brought it back and later said that, well, these messages came from the forest. Is that what you're talking about? Like that maybe the billionaire might be a red herring? Or do you think that that's actually going to come to be a part of the plot as well as on? I'm hoping for the latter. I'm hoping uh -huh. that we find out why the billionaire knows about that particular uh, portal. Uh-huh. Um, and um, I don't know. I mean, and, and to kind of dismantle your question a little bit, there isn't a through line at this point. There is no who killed Laura Palmer. No, no, but there's not. Now it's more about what are the mechanics of the Lynchverse? What, um, how do the denizens of the Black Lodge influence um, our world? Uh -huh. um, what connections uh, do they have uh, to us? Why are they interested in what we do? Is it the fact that they that like in Firewalk With Me, they do feed upon our pain and suffering, mm -hmm. the creamed corn. Um, so, um, you know, or are they trying to affect, like the doppelganger, uh, ingress into our world uh -huh. and to gain uh, a foothold? Um, and, and it's and not that's... it's not just a nutritional thing. It's, it's <laughs> there's there's actually a sense of Some invasion or perhaps even. Um, if we talk about the idea of uh, ancient aliens or or, you know, otherworldly otherworldly creatures um, that were here and are no longer here, is that their purpose as well? Sure. Well, what's he when he when uh, Doppelganger Coop talks to uh, and again, I'm sorry, I don't have all this like completely memorized. There's a lot there. Yeah, there is. Was, uh, he says you imitate human behavior. Uh, well, or he's he's speaking to one of the the women that he then shoots mm -hmm. with her own gun. Yeah. So is that another doppelganger? Is that someone being possessed by one of these denizens of the lodge? And what is what is because when we have Leland in the original series, Bob is just inhabiting him. He's an inhabiting spirit, is what Mike tells us. But then now we have Coop doppelganger Coop, who is not just an inhabited body. This is one of the denizens made carnate in our world. Um, is that something that's common? Are they all trying to win their way out? Um, I don't know. I have a feeling that that it's not terribly common. Okay, that was kind of the impression that I got. I think I think um, thinking that that the woman that he shoots is another doppelganger is probably not so. I had more of a sense that they knew each other from a mutual past. Okay, 
but that's just my general impression. Yeah. I am interested to see where that all goes. Because mm-hmm. I, I, it seemed like he had a little army of lodge inhabitants, or at least lodge loyal, like Black Lodge loyal followers of some kind. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, what else? What, what questions did you have, sir? What, what, what thoughts did you have? Is there like, anything that, uh, you know what, I, I'm sorry, I just got to, because I asked you what was, in, like, what made an impression on you. Mm-hmm. Um, the coop, the good coop, comes out of the lodge and he's hanging out with Naomi Watts having breakfast and coffee and pancakes and things again. That's who that was. Oh my gosh, I couldn't recognize yes, her. Yes, yes. Uh, I love know. Naomi Watts. I can't believe I didn't recognize her. Oh, anyway. she's, she's fantastic. She was great in, in the Mulholland and, and anything else I've seen her in, I, I thought she was Ring. fantastic. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Rings? I bl- yes. One? That little, was it the short? No, there's a new movie. No. Like Rings. I, I didn't see no, it. No, I didn't see it. I'll but I, it was down. years. Like I, The first one scared the crap out. Oh yeah, it was spectacular. Um, but yay, Naomi Watts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Coop in the, the the green blazer in the kitchen and the kid kind of getting his kicks out of watching him. That stuff felt kind of like the original Twin Peaks. You can see little nods and in the background. And I wanted to. Did you see the owl in the kitchen? No. There was an owl cookie jar, like sitting <laughs> on the counter, just like right over his shoulder. I love those things, and I love to to imagine because I, I, I again can't say for certain, but I love to imagine that's so not an accident. It's got to be intentional. Oh no, I right? I think there's so many touches um, that Lynch puts in there because he is so visual, uh-huh. and I, I think that the, those details um, are definitely planned. Yeah. So uh, another detail, it's just again, this one, it would be really, I'd, I'd be asking a lot if I could expect you to remember this, but in the original one, Hank Jennings is being uh, kind of intimidating to Josie. He's trying to like threaten her, you know, it's like, hey, we had an arrangement and this money doesn't feel like a lot of money now and I'm, you know, going <laughs> to put the pressure on you. Um, there's with my a, domino. <laughs> with my domino. I'm like, look at my domino. <laughs> And he's like hovering over her, and the camera pulls back, and it's at an angle in such a way that you can see the horns. The horns. You, you're. Oh my, oh my god! <laughs> I totally noticed that, bitch. That was amazing to me. Oh, that's so crazy. I did. Um, I, I got to applaud you, sir. Well done. <laughs> oh yes, spectacular. So overall, I'm just, I, I'm thrilled to pieces. And again, like, I don't. For me, part of the the real enjoyment is the the just kind of diving in, and I, I always stray away from using this word because it's got these weird connotations. I like to just wallow. (laughs) I like to wallow in the visuals and the implications and and I don't need an answer. I just, I want more. I want to, I want to drip Lynch visuals all over my body. (laughs) (laughs) And just, it's, it's, it's fantastic to me to be here again and in this new digital world that he's creating. And I can't wait. Do you, do you think we, you haven't seen the last of the portal in New York? Oh, no. No. Okay. No, no. Oh, no. So, wait. Uh, okay. Was or, there anything Wally that yes, you go ahead. didn't like? Wally Brando. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I hate Michael Sarah. <laughs> and I realized, like, I realized, like, everybody in Hollywood, anybody that he would have, that he would have tapped at this point to um, be on the show would have been like, oh, Hell yeah. Who wouldn't jump at it? Who wouldn't jump at it? And I kind of get that, like, you know, hey, the kids like Michael Sarah. 
But you know what? I don't. Um, and <laughs> I find him so annoying. And I'm I'm hoping that's sort of the, the last of it. And I feel that it wasn't just there to, you know, have an indulgent, like, cameo role for, for my yeah. Sarah. I feel that it was almost there to point out um, the origins of, uh, of James. I was going to say, is it an indictment of James from the original series? I don't know if it's so much of an indictment, but more of kind of like a, of a, a comment um, hmm. on it. Because I remember everybody kind of, kind of saying like, wow, he's kind of like a James Dean oh, Brando right. oh, yeah. character, and he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. <laughs> and it, it, He's sweet. He's sweet. Dumb. But that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, Laura talking. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I, I felt that's kind of like why that was there. And I think any product of the rearing mm-hmm. of uh, Lucy and Andy <laughs> would probably uh-huh. come out something like that. Yeah. So um, I see the point of it. I just don't really feel perhaps that Michael Sarah should have been cast as that. <laughs> you know, I've never had any problem and really have enjoyed the long duration, like the, the the kind of drawn out scenes that he does, whether that be in the original or in the films. Um, but that one I, was the first time that I was unpleasantly uncomfortable with the duration. I was like, OK, wrap it up, wrap it up. And I, 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 maybe it was because it was Sarah, because I'm not fond of, of his work either. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It, it, it's hard to be objective when you just don't like the the character the, the actor who's playing the, the character and then yeah it was all right and i think part of the drawn outness of those lynch moments has to do with the sort of tautness uh-huh. of what's going on there's there's a, a a narrative need that's being sort of stretched beyond its capacity um in a way that the viewer like feels a kind of like oh friction <laughs> that's that's going on with it i mean when when dale gets shot oh yes and the waiter shows up. And <laughs> Senior drool cup. Well, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> and you know, he's like, "This is your milk." Like you know, and like, like I heard about you. Like, and it just goes on and uh-huh. on and on. And it's really funny, <laughs> but it's also um, kind of effective. Yes. Uh, because the v- the viewer is going, Ugh! and and but you you want to know? It's like, oh my god, Dale's gonna freaking bleed out by the time this is over. <laughs> And with that moment, with the Michael Sarah moment, yeah. there isn't that. There isn't, you know, there isn't an imperative need for Harry Truman to get back into the building mm-hmm. other than to get away from the character and his monologue. Yeah. Um, and I feel that there's there's later Lynch movies, um, specifically Inland Empire, that I wasn't completely fond of. I, I honestly feel that, that Inland Empire needed to be edited down. Uh, I know. Uh, my heretic, uh, but <laughs> no, no, no. In fact, I'm I'm glad that you you know you've you've referenced inland. And in case you haven't noticed, I haven't because I couldn't make it through like in one go ever. Like I've tried and I, I really can't. Mitch, and I I saw it in the stuff. theater. I had to. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, but but uh, yeah. I just felt like they were these sort of like long stretched out, stretched out moments in in inland where it was just this um kind of this empty road that was kind of happening and I felt like it didn't need to be there could we just kind of get to the next town and there wasn't any there wasn't the 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 narrative pull um, to get me through to the other end yeah. uh, like Dale getting shot 
that kind of that kind of thing going on. Um, so yeah, um, I felt that there was a lot more of that in the return, um, and some of it worked, and I felt some of it actually kind of didn't. And it wasn't. It's not a deal breaker, um, but I think it's just it's a it's a certain temporal color that he sometimes decides to paint with. Yeah. Um, and it's it's interesting. Go ahead. Uh, no, that was uh, that was my summation. <laughs> <laughs> that was... Because I was just going to comment, and, and that's why I enjoy these conversations and enjoy talking about it. Because I've heard about you. What <laughs> <laughs> did, did, is is that character? Uh, it, did he because maybe because of his frailty or his state of mind? When he says, "I've heard about you," do you think that's just in our world, or do you think? that maybe uh, Dale has been targeted by the Lodge and we've heard about you. Uh, you know, he, is he uh, a figure that has gotten attention from the Lodge prior to his arrival in Twin Peaks? No, I think it's much more mundane than that. I think that with the murder of Laura Palmer, um, small towns talk. Everybody knows a special agent. So it's way more. He's already had a town meeting. Pedestrian. Like that. people, like, oh, everybody knows that Dale Cooper's in town. Yes. To to put things right, to figure out what happened to their beloved. Sure. And you know, to, yeah. And so I, I'm sure this guy, you know, he reads the paper in the morning like everybody else. So no, he doesn't. Yeah, he uh, does. Senior drool cup. He doesn't read the paper. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he does not really read the paper. Oh, that's and you know what? That's one of the things I loved about the series is that it could be have a greater meaning there could be more here to uncover or it could be i i really do just like the pie here it's really good <laughs> you know it could be that simple but yeah okay well like i said I, I don't think coffee and pie are are just coffee and pie they're they're cultural signifiers that i think that that lynch is is using but like you're saying you know there are i mean the owls aren't what they seem yeah they're not owls i mean <laughs> so you know you're you're being told like straight like, up right like yeah there's mysteries in the trees the black dog runs at night you know there's there are these these living kind of like symbols and i'm not calling them postmodern. i actually think that there is kind of a a, a lynchian uh lexicon uh going on um and that we have yet to actually kind of like have everything revealed and honestly I, I think Lynch unapologetically does not reveal things and there's certain things that that because he plays this way they become uh, loaded with um, our our speculation and also our emotions yes um you know so like suddenly when the street light shows up swinging in the wind at the empty intersection you start to wonder about it and it goes from yellow to red You can't help but kind of think. Okay, well, <laughs> we have uh, a few more minutes left. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts or uh, hopes for the series? I mean, are you going in just clear of expectation, or or, or, or is there? Okay, here, let me rephrase. Do you have one thing that you'd like answered? And if so, what is it? Second. Um, is there anything that you would rather let be left unanswered? 
Are Shelly and Bobby still together? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. She's my favorite Twin Peaks girl. I want to know about Shelly the waitress. You know, you did say that last time. You did say something I want to know. Shelley. Yeah. Ah, and the deal is if, if Bobby... Is she available? Is she on the market? Is she on the market? And yeah. if so, when... Uh, <laughs> When the Lynch character comes back to town. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, new FBI girl can't hear him. He still has to use the, yeah. the thing. But Shelly, no. There was some sort of connection there. Yes. It's very interesting. Um, I loved that. That was one of my favorite moments, too. I loved that whole thing. Yeah. 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 I was like, oh, that's amazing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> my socks are on fire. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's beautiful. And when, when he. Uh, lays that kiss on her and Bobby's standing there and he's like what is going on he's like oh, you're watching a kiss between two adults whatever he says and he says watch closely sonny it's gonna happen again, again. <laughs> <laughs> oh I love it so much yeah. oh I just oh, it was beautiful okay so are Shelly and, and uh, Bobby still together are Shelly and Bobby still together um, I'm sure we'll find that out and the deal is like you know Shelly obviously has previous bad relationship decisions uh, but now if they are still together well he's like a deputy now yeah so so yeah, and the other weird thing with that also, I realize I'm I'm sidetracking your question. No, no, a no, bit. no, no. Let's do that. Is he complicit in the drug traffic? Oh, because that went on current or something currently. Currently, oh. because before he was a dealer. Yeah, you know, so like. But that's because Laura made him sell drugs. Oh please, <laughs> oh please. Um, where's Jacoby figure into it now? <laughs> What what are the groundbreaking shovels the, the for? The golden shovels. <gasps> well, uh, for go like you said, I think Ghostwood Part Two, the revenge. Yeah, Ghostwood Part. Yeah, yeah. the develop the development revenge. Because yeah. I mean, you know, the lumber mill doesn't open back up, does it? I, I no, it know. burns to the ground. So it, it's gone. It's done. Right. So Ben Horn makes his move, and and Ghostwood moves forward. You know, Ben right. Horn's doing very well for a man who got his head slammed <laughs> into the mantle. Oh, you know what? There was yeah, exactly. There was no reference to it, Doctor. Uh, uh, Dr. Flynn Boyle, <laughs> you know, it's like screaming at the end and, and Ben is knocked down. And there was the question, well, is he going to wake up and be old Ben or is he going to be new Ben? New, I have a carrot Ben or is he going to be a cigar smoking Ben? Well, obviously cigar smoking Ben. I think he's a mix. I think he's, he's cigar smoking Ben, but he, he seemed a little softer. <laughs> I, he did. I think he's I think he's got a carrot in his back pocket. And a cigar for the meetings, you know, or something. I don't know. <laughs> and where's Jerry been all this time? What's he doing? He's obviously been growing a lot of dope. Uh, clearly. clearly. You know, and he always was really into the food. Yeah. So, like, having a drug that makes you snack a lot is, like, it's a shoe. That, that seemed to give me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh. Wait, so what was the second part of your question? The second part is, is there anything you'd left unanswered? You'd like left unanswered? Is there, is there a part of the mystery that you enjoy that you savor? Uh, because definitely a big part of it is and the, what he does is about mystery and unanswered questions I feel that that in most instances is a um, storytelling technique to keep the reader or the watcher um, engaged um, and I'm not saying that there are not ultimate answers will we get them all probably not um <laughs> Do I want them all? Yeah, actually, really? I do. Oh, yeah. I'm if excited. if I could if I could sit down if we could sit here with David Lynch and, and you want to diagram go. it out, <laughs> you want to like written out for you. <laughs> well, you went out and bought the Laura Palmer Diary, right? Yeah, I did. Well, yeah, I'm straight. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you've bought the new novel. Yes. Well, okay. There's some inconsistencies in that. 
<laughs> there are. <with> the <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that, that we thirst okay. for the knowledge. We want to know what the Black Lodge is about. We want, I mean, like I was saying earlier, you know, what, what are the intentions of the descendants of the Black Lodge? Um, you know, are they, are they ancient deities? Are they oh malicious entities? Are they whatever? We don't know. Um, but we sure as heck want to know. Um, and I would love to know. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, why is it, why is it bigger on the inside? <laughs> so like, you know, like you, you want answers for this and, and they may not be, um, strictly scientific answers, of course, because we're not, we're not dealing with that. But, um, you know, if we could get some really awesome metaphysical answers that I'd be really happy with that. Um, cause I like that. I like mm -hmm. those ideas at play. Um, but I, I think the question is moot. I don't think we will get all the answers. <laughs> <laughs> I think once again, we're going to be left sure. 20 years later okay. kind of going, so uh. what was, well, this is my best guess. And we're going to be, you know, comparing notes yeah. online for. Why was the lodge telling Dale which slot machine to pull what benefit? <laughs> <laughs> it's a second sight. You know, is that indeed what, uh, is that uh, the thing having to do with, Hawks Heritage, the casinos. Oh my God, that's really funny. Something, something is missing, and it has to do with your heritage. <laughs> I'm just saying, kinda maybe. <laughs> I didn't put those two things together. That's pretty funny. But those aren't Indian casinos, isn't he? He's in Vegas. He's on the Strip. Is he? Is he on the Strip? Well, he's actually on the Strip, but he's definitely in Vegas. Uh, maybe he's in Laughlin. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> you don't know. But I, I, I thought maybe that would draw attention to hawk somehow like that's how they're gonna find coop or like dougie coop you know is, is via like the, <laughs> the i don't know stop laughing at me <laughs> via the great native american well, network you know, of casinos of casinos you know, it's like, you know there's gonna be like a there's like a a letterhead there's like a newsletter that goes out to like you know the the blackfoot like tribe <laughs> And, and here, this this gentleman won so many jackpots. Well, it definitely ain't natives running that casino. <laughs> so I don't know that that one guy was a, was not a native. No, uh, uh, the, nope. thre the threat guy. Nope. Oh, the red door on the house, just another beautiful shot, and the tension like as the, the, that shot lingered on that red door when they pulled up to the house, just enough that I felt that dread, that little familiar Lynchian dread. What's going to be behind that door? <laughs> oh, good thing it's Naomi Watts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, so, I mean, you you guys will be attending on the 5th, 3rd, yeah. 4th, whatever? Totally. Awesome. Yeah, we'll be there. Fantastic. Wait, so it, what, do we, what about you? I mean, you the same questions. Okay. Um, what was the question? What were my questions? <laughs> <laughs> what mystery do I want to answer? What, what question do I want to answer? What, what Where's thing? Audrey? And I'm sure we'll find when um, they say, I have someone who could know. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with him? Uh, I, and I, again, don't recall. I think it was was uh, Gordon and um, Albert. And one of them says, well, I know where she drinks. Is that Audrey? And I know that that'll be answered clearly. But that's what that's kind of, for me, what left me hanging from episode four, waiting for five. I want to know who they're talking about um, and where she drinks and who she is. I dare say that it's Audrey, but I don't know. Why is she drinking? I don't know. Well... I mean, does Audrey survive the bank explosion? Yes. You think so? Yes. 
Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's why. From a, just like a, a, a real world uh, explanation. She's chained to the vault, to the door, to the iron bar, the doors, bars. So that protects her from falling debris and anything large that explodes. <laughs> Hey, don't I get this, okay? Audrey's alive. I've been waiting I twenty five years I believe Audrey's alive. Man. What? <laughs> what? I want what your what's your counter argument? Just because what, that guy's glasses end up in the tree across the street? Everybody's gotta die in the bank? Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> that that was a merciless bomb, man. That was a that was a death trap. So I really don't think Audrey Horn lives. I mean I I you know I might cry. I actually feel tears building up in my eyes right now. <laughs> I mean, the nice fan answer is, oh, of course she lives. She's Audrey. You know, I mean, <laughs> she escapes from every situation unscathed. Right. That's, it's Audrey. One more reason for her not to escape this time. I, I guess. I mean, we could, we could, you know, talk about the character's luck. I mean, and look at her familial luck. Like, you know, yeah. nobody really gets burned at the end. I mean, someone still has a hotel, whatever. Yeah. Where's know. Johnny? Yeah. Yeah. Does he still have that headdress? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Wow. I hadn't even thought about Johnny. <laughs> Nobody has. Yeah, I think they fired that character up and then kind of like walked away. Like, oh no, this is this is he's asking for trouble. So yes, I want to know where Audrey is. Okay, um, whether she's a, whether she survived or not, which I vote survived, and I'm sure in a couple episodes we'll I'll be eating that. <laughs> and then what do I not want answered? Um, what what mystery do I relish and enjoy? Um, I would have to say the significance of the ring. Um, I, I, I don't know exactly how it works and I don't really need to know. Um, the, the little man from another place holds it up at one point and says with this ring, I thee wed. And I, I don't, I don't know how it all comes into play. I mean, is it, I don't know. Do you have like a, a, a thought or a theory on that? And again, I haven't dissected like theories online about the ring Maybe I'm missing out on something there, but a good part of my enjoyment of the whole experience and Lynch's work is the fact that I don't try too hard to find the answers. I enjoy the answers my friends give me, but I don't want to read like a complete breakdown and answer. What have you thought about the ring? Honestly, I haven't really thought very much about the ring to tell you the truth. I mean, okay. my, my idea was that, that of it, um, was that like any sort of fraternal organization, you have objects that signify your belonging to something, okay. something greater than yourself, and that that ring kind of signified um, the Black Lodge, um, you know. And then in in um, contrast to that, you always have the idea of the White Lodge, and in this instance, kind of the closest equivalent um, would be the uh, the Bookhouse Boys. Okay, yes. I I believe unless you unless you want to talk about the military and. Uh, and the work being done there yeah. uh, to decipher. Do you think that'll come back? I don't. I feel that the that 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 um, Major Briggs was um, one man standing. Yeah. I feel that that he he had kind of a falling out of the powers that be, and that the powers that be's intentions um, with what they knew about what was going on, um, if very much, were not noble. Um, and he was not aligned with that, right? Because I remember he, yeah. you know, he like when he's sitting down at the cafe, it's it's almost, it's uh, he's disappointed, but he also seems like he's been chastised in some fashion um, 
for what for for actions that he's taken with the information that he has. Um, so, uh, but back to the ring, um, yeah. And who does who does he say uh, with this ring? I think what I can't remember. Right I, now. He, he's holding the ring up, and I I think it's to Laura in Fire Walk With Me when we first see that scene when he says it with this ring I thee wed I'm pretty sure that's in Fire Walk With Me and for other fans out there now chastising us for not knowing our material better um, but but it seems that most of the visions of the Red Room are Dale seeing them so I'm, I'm not sure uh, I, don't, I don't know I just I really like it so but more importantly most importantly <laughs> the symbol for the Black Lodge and then he says ah the symbol inverted I, I got to ask you, like the symbol in its right side up way, like with the the peaks kind of going up, facing uh -huh. upwards, uh, and then inverted. What is the significance there? My twenty-something friend Dennis Jackson has oh. one on his arm because oh, okay. he loves Twin Peaks. He oh, fell respect. in love with it. Really, that's really great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and which direction does it go? I mean, on your arm, on your forearm, it could go either way. It could like go either way. You, you hold know, up the really... horns, you know, maybe it faces this way. Well, it's like wearing a ring. Do you yeah. wear it? Do you wear it the side? That you want people to see it or do you wear it towards you because okay. you enjoy it and that's how you wish to see it i wear it the way that i want to see it like like this really like, no like see like i'm wearing my wedding ring with the, the the roots of the tooth down so that's how people can perceive it as ah, a tooth okay but that's me anyway oh, interesting so <laughs> mitch i would wait i would wait until <laughs> until i know uh, for sure whether i want to emblazon that upon my body yes i and okay. as with any tattoo of course but i'm of saying course. that that the, the jury's still out information yeah. is still being given us about what that means and what that may portend um so wait until after the show's over okay yeah okay, i like that i would do that it's good that i waited and, and I didn't expect the second, the return. I didn't ever, had never in my wildest dreams imagined this, which was funny because I would read people reflecting like, oh, but he, he, he prophesied it in the red room. He's like, I'll see you 25 years from now. I dare say that that was just a Lynchian thing, that there was never any intention to come back here. And that that was just a, a not a red herring like you were saying earlier, but it was just part of the mystique. Uh -huh. Like, you know, it wasn't specific that, oh, we were coming back. It just so happened that it lined up, which is a beautiful bit of serendipity that I, I will always be grateful for. But 25 years later, here we are. 26 years later, here we are. Um, that's great. I'm, I'm glad I waited because, like you said, there's still information coming. But that's, that's still pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, so this is uh, this has been fantastic. I have once again been thrilled to sit and toss theories and ideas around with you sir um <laughs> I, I i look forward to uh fu future viewings and future sitting down here uh what what, what uh, do you have any closing comments um well this has been guillermo maturana <laughs> um thank you for listening to me and us um yeah i'm i like you i'm i'm equally stoked i um, I didn't expect to be sitting here either. Um, honestly, I thought when a third season didn't happen way back when that that was going to be kind of the end of it. Um, the fact that that we, like other people who saw what was special in the show, who saw what was different in the show, and the show that has inspired so many other shows, um, very true. with its outroness and with its unapologetic mystery um that that 
you know, and here we are. Uh, yeah, it's awesome, and I'm I'm glad to be back, and I'm glad that it's back, and I'm very thankful to uh, to David Lynch and for the fan base for keeping the flames burning. <laughs> the flames, yes, <laughs> the fire, and walking with us. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, thanks again, um, Guillermo, for for sitting down, and to our gentle listeners, this has been reflections from the red room. And we'll see you on the other side of the sycamores.